and welcome to your Monday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. I am Mark Heath, I'm your host. I hope you weekended well. With me today, my two favourite workplace friends, Stuart, the Dr Watson, and Roscoe, I was meant to be off today, Halls. I'm going to start with you, Stuart. Originally, this was meant to be a two-man, grumpy old men pod, but Ross has decided he's not having today off in his usual managerial challenge. He's now going to have Wednesday off, which is good because we've got him here today. How are you, though, Watson? Um, how was your weekend? How's things? Just a workplace, friend, not real life. Absolutely not. Important, mate. important to stress that. <laughs> this is our workplace as well, just in our in our spare bedrooms. Our spare bedrooms. What a better uh, place I'm, to be. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Rossi, in an insight into how difficult it is to manage you, you sent me a message this morning about half past nine, which just said, is it okay if I work today and have Wednesday off? <laughs> You're a maverick. You're you're a, you're an enigma. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very unorganised mess, to be honest. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I woke up this morning thinking oh, I've got a few things I need to do in terms of work wise, and I just thought I'll work today because I went because I think we were going to originally stay over for the Rotherham game, and then I right. we, we, me and Stu were separately going somewhere else. So I thought actually I'll have Wednesday off because I can lay in when I return from Rotherham, and. Uh, so yeah, I just thought, yeah, let's work. And sometimes it's nice just to work on Monday, start the week, boom, and be on the pod, of course. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, pleased, to hear, I'm pleased to hear, mate. Absolutely. It's good to have you. Um, in, in terms of managerial challenge, it's not quite as, as bad as the, the time that you uh, booked a holiday and forgot to tell me about it, mm-hmm. uh, which is my personal favourite of your uh, bossy's foibles. Stewie, anyway, let's talk about football. Ipswich Town, they look like they're going to lose at Birmingham. 2-0 down, 10 minutes to go. This team don't know when they're beaten, though, do they, Watto? Don't stop believing, says the song. And that's pretty much what Harness said afterwards. Two-goal hero, Marcus Harness, brace off the bench, rescue a point at Birmingham, leave Rooney still winless. Um, kick us off with your thoughts on what was a bit of a thriller in the end, I guess. Yeah, they're really adhering to this running towards adversity mantra, aren't hmm. they? It's uh third time this season they've come from two goals down. Um Cardiff won that 3-2, Wolves won that 3-2. This time had to make do with a point. Um, was it deserved over the piece? Maybe. But, um, yeah, it's, it was a strange game, really, because I think a lot of things went against them in terms of... We talked in the build-up about how the crowd could get turned, the natives were restless, Rooney had lost his first three games, etc. But we did also sort of acknowledge it could go the other way if things started well and that could really ignite the crowd. And, and we saw it at Huddersfield, didn't we, a few weeks back with Darren Moore's first game and how that mm. can add a little something to the atmosphere. And and that's what happened, really. So a lot of things went against Ipswich in this game. They found themselves 2-0 down. Um but as we've seen so many times, as a reflection of the manager, they're calm, they're cool, they're collected, they they stick to their principles. They believe that their fitness, their quality will eventually shine through over 90 plus minutes. And um, that's what happened. In many ways, it's the exact opposite of the town of old, isn't it? Um, when they'd be leading and you just basically fear they were going to crumble. Now it's, it's the opposite. They're, they might be trailing, but they're never beaten. Let's hear from McKenna first of all, and then we'll get Rossi's opening thoughts. Kieran, your side's come from 2-0 down mm. for the third time this season. Incredible character. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, really, really pleased and, and proud of the players and of the supporters as well. Um, 
you know, we find ourselves in a really difficult position in the game. Um, but we kept going and uh, we've seen it before with this group and we've built it over time, that, that resilience and that belief to, to keep playing a football and, and trust that, you know, if we do the right things that we can always score. And um, yeah, big, big, um, big, big credit to the players and, and to the supporters for the way they stuck with it at, at the stage of the game we were at. We were at. Right then, Rossi, be honest. We know this team has got bags of resilience, the never-say-die attitude, the Viking spirit. But at 2-0 down, with not a lot of time left, in the rain at Birmingham, did you honestly think there was a chance? Uh, there's always a chance, you know. There's always a chance. Um, but there there was one moment, definitely when they scored the second goal, Birmingham thought, well, this is a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> because it was raining, it was miserable, we weren't playing that great. Um, but to be honest, when Harness, you know, pulled the ball back, I felt we've got something here. You know, the the fans, our town fans are on our side, the players have got that momentum. So I felt we could get that equaliser. Uh, but yeah, when that went 2-0, I just felt it's a long way to go. You know, away from home, you know, I know we've come from behind, you know, you know, two goals behind a few times, but three times this season. Um, which is great. But yeah, in the rain, you know, conditions we struggled in, like the Huddersfield game was the same, you know, the weather-wise. Mm. Um, we, of course, got that goal, thankfully, that equaliser. But yeah, it wasn't a, uh, a Kira McKenna performance in terms of the team. You know, it wasn't our finest game. Um, some players, will, I'm sure, will talk about, you know, they didn't have their greatest game. But they dug in and they, you know, as, as Stu said, so, you know, running towards adversity, that's what they did. Is indeed. Stu, so, before we get to the glorious comeback... Let's let's do the um, maybe not so impressive first first part of the game. We expected there to be pressure from the fans on Rooney. In the end, they were they were chanting his name as uh, as Birmingham were two 0 up. What, what did you make of that first part of the game? Because by the sound of it, they came flying out the gates, really high press, high intensity. And then from Rooney's own mouth, he said that when they started to fatigue from that effort, it, that was when Town started to kind of get a foot in the game and, and start to take back control. Yeah, four four two was the first thing that sort of caught me by surprise. Mm. Proper two up front with with Oliver Burke, who's normally a wide man, deployed up alongside Jay Stansfield. Sort of um, a bit of physicality alongside Stansfield's um, uh, quick feet and and skillfulness. Um, and they pressed high and hard, and they hunted in packs and played with real intensity. Uh, Rooney had obviously had a full week on the training pitch building up to this one, Ipswich had had the disruption of the, the Fulham game in, in midweek, so that maybe gave them a slight advantage going into this one. The Rooney chance happened before they'd even scored. Um, you always get the home fans on your side at the start mm. of the game. It's just, you know, things, if, if it feels like there's a little bit of bubbling discontent under the surface it doesn't take much to kind of bring to boil that over but um they were with the team and then the team gave them some more fuel for the fire to to really get them going and um Ipswich yeah just it just disrupted it disrupted their usual sort of build from the back passing game um and there was a sense that the Birmingham goal was coming and it and it did on 13 minutes what did you make of that as as a goal um cuz it's it's one of those kind of freak ones, really, isn't it? Hadley comes thinking he's going to get it. Stansfield gets in the way, and then he, to be fair to the lad, it's a nice, it's a nice little finish. It's it's uh, it, it's hard to apportion blame on that one. I think so. Yeah, it's, it's a miss hit, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. At the time, I thought 
the shot had taken a sort of a nick off a defender and taken the pace off of it. But mm. McKenna talked about it being a miss hit afterwards. I think it is a little bit of a scuff. Um, and yeah, no, no blame on Clagkey really there. And mm. really credit goes to Stansfield for being alert enough to, to nip in, intercept, keep the ball alive, turn and, and put it in the net. And Rossi, what, did, what do you make of Town's reaction after going 1-0 down? We, we used to this, this side kind of firing back. Did they... Um... Show spirit. I saw there was another audacious chip Claxon uh, mm. for for Chaplin. One of those days, that's going to come off, isn't it, Watto? Um, but what, what did you make of the response? As it such as it was, Rossi. Uh, it weren't too bad, you know. There was, you know, like Hurst. I felt I felt sorry for him a little bit. It wasn't his greatest game, you know. He was offside a few times, which um, which I was getting yeah. frustrated about. I was like, George, stop being offside. Um, don't be Macaulay Bond here. Um, sorry, that's a bit that's a bit harsh on Macca there. Sorry, sorry, Macca. Um, but yeah, it's you know, there's a few chances here and there, but the conditions weren't great, to be honest. I know, you know, you got a planner, and every team can have those conditions. Both teams had to plan them conditions. Um, but yeah, we, we had there's a few chances, but it just weren't the clinical town as they normally are, which was mm. a bit frustrating. Um, but I will admit, I was trying my best to just look after my, my camera equipment because uh, it just lashed it down. It was just lashing it down. And I was just next to an photographer and we're just looking at each other and going, is it really worth it? Is this really worth it? Um, but yeah, it's just one of those. How, uh, how moist were you after the game, Ross? On a Very scale moist. of one to moist. Very moist, very, very moist. Stop um, saying just... that word, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you had my trousers, though, did you not, Ross? Which kept I your did. legs warm and cozy. I'm hoping. Yeah, I think I looked at the forecast on Friday night, and I went because I gave Stu it back. So I never actually had opportunity to wear them in Rotherham because of the obvious reasons. So I gave yeah. them back to Stu on Wednesday night, and um, I said, "Oh yeah, take these back, Stu. Don't need them." Um, and then I think. Yeah, I just texted him and just said, Stu, can you um can you bring those trousers um if you haven't given to Ethy yet? Um and they were very, very handy because they kept me nice and dry. Um, but the rest of my body was uh, very wet. Okay. So um but thank thank um thankfully I did have them. So thank you yeah. very much. And you'll be taking them to Rotherham by the sound of it tomorrow night. That's my waterproof trousers, friends, just to <laughs> just to stress, not just a pair of my normal trousers. <laughs> Um, which, are, which are keeping Rossi's legs dry. So one nil at half time, Stewie. Uh, sounds like there was there was quite um, a talking to needed at half time, maybe from McKenna. And then they come out though, and, and they they ship another goal. It's an, it's one of those ones where you say, "Cool, that's unfortunate, isn't it?" When when Burgess just slides in, obviously he's trying to do the right thing, and it's just one of those ones that ends up in the back of the net. Nothing you can do about it. Yeah, just to sort of rewind to that after going behind, the, mm. it felt like Birmingham were well on top mm. and it felt like Ipswich weathered a storm in in the moment watching that game I thought they're massively under the cosh here too many players not really at it as I say I think that's as much to do with the way Birmingham were playing as as any kind of slight on on Ipswich but on reflection for all of that sort of home pressure they didn't really create that many chances at the end of it and as as the end of that first half wore on there were just a few little signs that it's they were fatiguing the levels were just starting to drop off because they were never going to keep that sort of level of intensity up for 90 minutes and mm. it's which just started to find a few passes there was that chaplain lob that you mentioned broadhead had a really good chance yeah um that he volleyed wide so at half time i'm not sure it was a kind of a, a rollicking half time team talk from mckenna i'm not sure he's that sort of manager in, in general 
but it would have been okay that you know just stick to i'm sure it was a kind of keep calm and carry on though they're not going to be able to keep this up probably tactically pointed out a few areas where they might be able to exploit a bit of pace uh, a bit of space and um so i was feeling okay at half time and then second half started really really well ipswich on the Mm. front foot played with a lot more zip with a lot more purpose and you're thinking okay the tide's starting to turn here no problem and then that Birmingham second goal comes out of out of nowhere. Really, it's against the run of play, and as you say, it's um, it's another unfortunate one, really, where you know Cameron Burgess just slides in to cut out a cross and ends up sort of towing it, towing it past his own goalkeeper. Hmm. So two nil down, and there was there was a big moment, wasn't there, at two nil down, where where Birmingham had a, a big chance, Rossi, to go three nil up, which would have killed off the game. But your old mate Vaclav Smooth came to the rescue. Yeah, he's just bringing his out every game now, isn't he? Just making saves, saves, saves. I know that's what you know, goalkeepers have to do. That's their job. But um, just sometimes you think, how has he done that? Like, how has he done that? And definitely, I'm, I'm sorry to say, I'm going to bring it up again. The conditions, you know, the ball can easily just, you know, go a different way than what you're expecting and all that. But um, yeah, he's once again, you know, keeping out some big chances. And yeah, if it wasn't for him, we yeah, we would have probably lost this game. Because I think if it was 3-0, I just thought, that's a back from you know I know good teams they can do that and town have you know shown they can do three nil down away from home I just couldn't see it but good old Vaclav Smooth was there again Stuart you see as well as everything else he's good at he seems to excel at stopping one-on-ones we've seen Mm. we've seen quite a few of those this season where it's it's him and and the attacker Um, and more often than not it seems that he he manages to find a way to stop the ball, be that traditional or kind of non-traditional ways, but the kind of legs. And I know you referenced before, he's a big fan of the old Schmeichel starfish as well, isn't he? When he needs to be. Yeah. Kind of turning, turning that knee inside and making himself nice and big, um, quite quick off his line as well. So yeah, that was, that was a huge moment when he denied, I think it was a bit of a deflected through ball to Burke one V one, kept that out. And yeah, three nil, I think that, that would have been game set and match. Um, so yeah, they were both both times after conceding. There was a little five, ten minute spell where home tails were up, but um, Ipswich did well. I think McKenna referenced it afterwards. The biggest sort of show of character in this game was was the reaction to the second goal because they could very easily have felt quite sorry for themselves there, where they feel like two unfortunate goals against um, at key moments, you know, off the back of a couple of lesser performances against mm. Bristol City and, and Plymouth and maybe starting to think, okay, uh, maybe our luck's run out today, but that wasn't the mindset at all. They mm. stuck at it and they played right to the death. Let's hear a bit more from McKenna then, and then we can we can celebrate the man with the best, most beautiful eyes in football, Marcus Harness. We've enjoyed the goal fests of Portman Road, the wins, mm. but how important are these sort of gritty comeback points on the road, do you think, when you reflect months down the line? Um, let's see. Uh, it feels like, uh, you know, I enjoyed it after so I really enjoyed the second half. I enjoyed how we played. I enjoyed the spirit we showed. If we had got, you know, the third goal at the end, which we could have done, it would have been fantastic. If they had nicked the third goal at the end, say la vie, because I enjoyed the spirit, you know, that we showed in the way that we played. And I think we can take massive, you know, again, belief and confidence from the, the second half performance and the way we stuck together and kept playing in, in them circumstances. Of course, we can learn from the first half and I think we will certainly analyse how we, you know, how we 
get momentum better at the start of away games and, and don't give momentum to the home team. Um, but today was all, always going to be a little bit of an extreme case of that. So, yeah, lots to take, but the overriding emotions in there at the moment is that's, uh, that's something we can take a lot of, lot of positive, um, positive things from. And um, we know we're going to face a lot of resilience in the season and we're going to need a lot of, the, lot of qualities that we showed today. Look out, friends, by the way, for that phrase, c'est la vie on tomorrow night's game day at Rotherham? Because Ross has taken quite a shine to it, haven't you, Rossi? I have, but I actually don't know what it means. What does it mean? <laughs> it, it essentially, it's essentially like a, uh, an expression of fate, isn't it? Say la vie, what will be, will be. Ah, essentially. I like that. Um, as, yeah. as, so, as, hang, hang on, I'm confused here, Ross, because we spent five minutes in the green room before this, you saying how much you'd enjoyed Kieran McKenna using the term say la vie, and now you've yeah. just revealed you don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know how to spell it, so I couldn't like Google it. So, <laughs> so I was like, "What are you guys going to tell me?" But it's going to be like dead rubber, where you get a phrase and you you hear a phrase for the first time, and then you you hammer it for the next week <laughs> yeah. or so. <laughs> yeah, dead rubber. Yeah, a term, and of course, it... Rossi, made famous by Bewitched, and there, I, I believe, nineteen ninety six. I think they invented it, didn't they? Essentially, they invented. They made it famous, certainly. So, say so you will, say so you won't, say so you do what I don't. La, 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 la. Say la vie. Just like goes, your dad. Just like, yeah. Fight like your dad. Uh, anyway, Ross has got no idea what we're talking about here because he wasn't alive. But um, they back then, it, was a, it was a girl group who wore a lot of denim. Uh, and one of them was related to one of the boys' own lads, I believe. Oh. Shane, Lynch. That trivia. Shane Lynch. Shane uh, Lynch. The one who's a bit of a bad boy, or at least fancy himself as a bit of a bad boy. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked, friends. Let's talk about this guy who's not a bad boy. But he's got some very naughty skills. And he, he expressed it in this beautiful picture from Warren Page. This is Equalizer from, from Marcus Harness. Sports photography is obviously a real skill, a real art. And every so often you see pictures that kind of stop you dead in your tracks. And this is one of those from this season. Um, if you're not watching on video, this is the moment that Harness is kind of teeing up the equalizing volley. So he's got the perfect form. He's swinging the leg. It's The leg is at the perfect angle it's totally horizontal at right angles isn't it you've got his his eyes focused laser like on the ball uh, and obviously we know he went on and, and hammered it into the back of the net Stuart Watson the the skill level and the kind of difficulty involved in 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 really making contact with that chance let alone scoring it and then when you add in the the pressure clearly he subconsciously they know that they're running out of time to equalize and the kind of game situation they're down 2-1 makes that in my opinion an absolute worldie of a strike technical ability required so so high agreed yeah for all the reasons just outlined um was surprised to hear in his post-match interview with uh alex uh alex said on the drive home that he seemed more fixated in, in talking about the first goal that he scored yeah. and, and how that's one that, you know, a real poacher's finish and um, he had to be in the right place to kind of stab that one in. That was, you know, not aesthetically as pleasing the first one, but it, he seemed more pleased with that and described the equaliser as, oh, I had a swing at it, which yeah. I think is doing himself <laughs> a real disservice because the ball felt at the time it was a bit one of those slow motion moments where the ball looped up in the air and seemed to take an age to drop. Mm. He has his back to goal almost, so he has to kind yeah. of swivel that volley technique to, uh, as you say, that ball eyeball coordination um, as summed up in that picture is uh, is quite remarkable. Maybe some of his... Um, 
what's the martial arts that he does? Brazilian jiu-jitsu. That's it, yeah. Um, some of that sort of... Uh, Flexibility-wise. Flexibility be, yeah. and stuff like that all sort of comes into play. I don't know. But, um, yeah, hell of a finish. And um, both of those goals came in front of the just shy of 2,000 travelling Ipswich Town fans and um, sparked absolute pandemonium and we've had some we've been talking about rating away day scenes over the last year or so um we've got another moment to to chuck in the mix now right then let's hear from the beautiful is it blue-eyed is it green-eyed i don't know i'm not not entirely sure but he's got lovely eyes and great hair and obviously a fantastic left foot let's hear from marcus harness now touch on the first goal then really nice build up dane scarlet kind of gets Flashed across, maybe quite an easy yeah. one for you to score, but you've got to be there to do it. Yeah, uh, I think Freddie's Freddie's chance was the harder one. I was standing <laughs> behind him thinking, I hope Freddie puts this in. <laughs> uh, and then uh, obviously, it's I don't know if he hit the goalkeeper or defender, but he just landed right in front of me. So it was a, an easy tapping. Um, one of the best goals you can get, I think, the tappings. Um, and then, yeah, the second one, uh, Cam's done really well to get in at the back post. Uh, and it's just, just landed around me again so I've just just swung at it really mm, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah obviously I'm happy to to do that but the, the point's the most important thing really really wow there's modest and there's modest I've I've just swung at it really as you say Stu um that's uh, the king of the king of the understatement um we've talked a lot on this on this show in recent weeks about how important harness has been and and clearly going into the season we all potentially thought that he might be one of the ones that that would leave um one of those kind of fringy players that we weren't sure whether or not he's going to be of a level that that, that town are looking for Stewie but he's certainly showing that not only is he capable of playing this level but he's capable of of, of being a really good player at this level yeah he's um his one start got the, the goal against Hull mm. um What's that? Four goals now because he scored off the bench in the it's four goals in six games. Game. Yeah. yeah, so <clears throat> I know he. I, I quite liked him sort of breaking away from the rhetoric of. Um, I don't know if we're going to play this. We've got that coming minute. up. Yeah. Okay, so I won't go into that, but um, I like the fact that he's 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 wanting to um, to really really play a part in this. It's a, a squad game, and as McKenna keeps saying. Um, they're going to need everybody over the piece. You never know when when injuries are, are going to arrive, and um, he's certainly showing he's, he's ready when called upon. Let's play that clip then, Sherry Stu, because you teed it up, and I don't want to do the usual trick of you saying it and then me playing it. Um, so this this is a breaking from protocol, really, because normally when you speak to a player after a game, a player who maybe is is a bit of a fringe player, they say the usual things. You know, I, I just want to take my opportunity with both hands. I'll play wherever the gaffer wants me to play. I just want to help the team. Etc. I'm happy with whatever role I'm given. This is what Harness said after the game. Super sub at the moment. Done it against Preston. Done it again here. It seems to be a, a bit of a running thing, at least. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not just here to make up the numbers. Mm. I'm, I'm happy to happy to contribute and happy to always do my best and work for the team. But obviously, I I want to I want to be more than just a super sub as well. Mm. But uh, yeah, happy with how it's going at the minute and just. Got to keep building and keep keep putting my name forward, really. I mean, these goals are only going to help with that. These cameos, if nothing else, you've got to take your window of opportunity, come off the bench and make sure you're making a difference. Yeah, exactly. You can only, that's all I can do, really. Uh, and hopefully the, the team can keep doing well as well. So then, Rossi, 
nice to hear from 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 Harness there that he wants uh, he wants to be more than just a super sub. Should he be though? Has he has he played his way into potentially starting? Do you think? Obviously, we've got a game we're going to be talking about in short order t- tomorrow night. Um, we know that Town have got a big squad. He's certainly one of the players that tends to be first off the bench. But sh- but should he be potentially starting games now? Do you think? Yeah, why not? Because um, yeah, two goals. He's the one who saved the day. He got the goals. Um, he's impressed me. To be fair, you know, every time he makes a cameo, he's um, he's he's shown his worth, which is great. You know, that, of course, that was as you mentioned earlier. You know, that was a question mark on a few players. You know, can they step up to the championship? Mm. And he's definitely one of them. I think he has. Um, you know, I hate to sort of single out players, but there's a few that weren't at their best on Saturday. You know, Connor Chaplin, unfortunately, I'm a big fan of Chappers. You know. I don't think he's been that great the last few weeks. Um, and Harness is probably breathing down his neck now. I know Harness can play left and Clay play right. Um, but yeah, Marcus has, has been fantastic. And um, yeah, if you, you can't not start him after scoring two goals, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure Marcus will, I don't know if he's that sort of player, will be knocking on the door with McKenna and say, you know, what have I got to do to start? Because yeah, I don't want to be this super sub, you know. I've come off the bench here, score two goals, I've got to be starting here. So, um, yeah, I think he's done all he can do now and it's up to McKenna if he wants to start him. We'll find out what Stu thinks in a minute. I want to talk about this theme as well, about players maybe needing switching out. But let's hear from, from McKenna about Harness and then we'll speak to Watson. It's a great finish for the equaliser, wasn't it? Just to watch the ball drop out the sky, such a clean hit. Great finish. Um He's he's technically such a, a good ball striker and um, he's got so many attributes as a footballer and you just want to see him keep growing in belief now, which he, he really is. He's he stepped up to the championship for the first time. I think he might have had a, a couple of minutes for for Burton when he was very young, but other than that, this is a level that he wanted to show that he can play at and he's um he's really impacting it. So yeah, it's great to see him him showing his qualities as a player. There you go, then nice nice words from Kieran. Stewie, but where do you stand on the on the uh, the harness question? He, he can do no more than he's been doing, really, in terms of trying to play himself into the the starting eleven. If if he, I mean, first of all, where would you play him? Well, the first thing I'd say is I think he is really fired up to prove himself at this level yeah. because he went from Burton to Portsmouth. I think at the time there was a feeling when he left Burton, he'd go up a level. No, he stayed in League One with Portsmouth. Then he makes another sort of League One to League One switch with Ipswich. And a bit like Scott Twine, who kept kind of making those sideways moves when people were expecting him to step up. After a while, people go, oh, is is that his level then? And Mm. I think he's felt that over his head. I, I noted there was an exchange, I think, in the summer when Ipswich got promoted. I think a Portsmouth fan said, oh, you'll, you'll be sold sort of thing. And there was some some words exchanged back in response. So I think that's kind of firing him up a little bit at the moment. In terms of getting in the team, I don't think there can be... A, I don't think many players will have been able to go knocking on the manager's door over the last year or so when the team's performing as well as it has done. Mm. I still don't think he'd be in a position to do that now, given the way that sort of Broadhead has has played and Chaplin over the piece. Maybe the two of them have, have just dropped off a little bit in the last couple of games, but there's more more than enough credit in the bank there. Um, I think his opportunity will be for games like Tuesday night. I think that's where some of the rotation might start to kick in now. Um, but for a... So he may well start against Rotherham for a broadhead. Um, but if it was like a blank week going into a Saturday game, 
still not sure that that you'd be sort of harnesses into that sort of first choice starting 11 all things being equal scenario at the moment it's one thing impacting a game against tiring opposition off the bench it is another thing starting starting football matches but um it's nice to know that Ipswich have got these players that are ready to contribute when when needed mm. I don't know if you saw it yesterday there was a, a clip doing the rounds on social media in the wake of this goal which is him um in warm-ups for for Portsmouth a couple of seasons ago hitting the most perfect volley uh, he's warming up. He's obviously shooting at goal. He hits the crossbar uh, in warm-ups and then waits for the, the rebound to come back down to him, times it and hits the sweetest volley you'll ever see. And it's one of those ones that you you behind it, so you can see it like curling as it leaves his foot into the top corner of the goal. I'll, I'll share it on social media, actually. It's, 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 it's left foot, right foot as well, isn't yeah. it? The first shot's his left, yeah. the second shot's his right. And again, McKenna's kind of referenced the fact that he's, he's both footed, technically a very good player. There were times that we have to remember there was a reason Ipswich went out and tried to upgrade that position back mm. in January and Broadheads has come in. There were times where it was just probably hard. His ability was never in question for me. It was maybe the sort of the more consistency levels, even within games, that he could do some really good things. But there were times where maybe he just gave the ball away a little bit cheaply in, in transition. But um, maybe he's sort of his style of play is more suited to, to a level up. I don't know if that's a... A debate, but uh, he's certainly producing the goods at the moment, and as as you've said, can do no more. Mm. Right, Rossi, you've touched it already. Suggestions, maybe a few players starting to look a bit tired. It's been an incredibly hectic schedule um, playing Saturday midweek for what seems like forever. Another midweek game tomorrow, and then obviously Saturday game, and then they're off for international break. I saw quite a few people suggesting that Luongo particularly was uh, was starting to look tired. Clearly, he's been playing international football as well. Um, and maybe it's time for Jack Taylor. Have you got any any thoughts on players that you'd maybe be looking to to rest, rotate? Yeah, I think, you know, Mass, he's been fantastic, hasn't he? He's been absolutely outstanding. Um, but yeah, Saturday, Tuesday, international duty. You know, these players have had a lot of football. Um, hmm. And once again, you know, I know that's their job to play in the football matches, but, you know, they do get tired and all the travelling as well, rearranged games. Um, but that's why McKenna has brought in the players he's brought in to um, have options. And Jack Taylor can be that option. Um, so, yeah, potentially for the Rotherham game, maybe bring him in. I think there's, once again, there's some sort of players you pick to start against different opposition who play different styles. Like, you know, we've, mm. we've seen already with Cameron Burgess and George Emerson, they're changing for certain opposition, certain players. So, um, yeah, maybe that's one we could look at for the Rotherham game. Uh, of course, Harry Clark's played instead of yeah. Brandon Williams. Um, of course, um, Brandon Williams apparently was had the sniffles. I'll get well soon, my friend. Um, but, yeah, like Harry Clark didn't have the greatest game, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's him just still trying to get fully up to speed because he had that injury in pre-season. But then that was pre-season. We're now in November. Um, but sometimes some players are just not up for maybe a, a certain level. I'm not saying he's not up for this level at the moment, but I, I felt he didn't have a great game, Harry Clark, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's it's we're now in November and it's going to be a, a, a big. You know, I know we've got international break coming up, but December, oh, mate, yeah. Is it going to be tired? Yeah, the next block of games after this international break is huge, isn't it? Sue, have you got any thoughts on 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 players and perhaps the the, the kind of wider picture? Because you, we've already referenced in this in this show that maybe the last two or three games, Bristol City, uh, Plymouth, and then this game, they've not been uh, 
at the level maybe they were um, to start the season. And clearly that's incredibly hard to maintain that level of play. And it's unprecedented they were doing it in the first place. But it does feel like they may be starting to tail off a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a fair conversation without going completely overboard about it. Mm. Um, not quite hit those same levels since the post-international break, but have found ways to to get points on the board, which the old cliche is a sign of a successful side. I don't think they've been awful. Some of that has been down to the opposition. Um, some of that is, I think there is a few players that have maybe just dropped one slight notch, whether that's fatigue, mm. whether that's consistency, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, McKenna always talks about it's about performances, not points, and he's not he's not doesn't delve too much into results. But it's more about the level of performance because if you if you produce a certain level of performance, statistically, probability wise, you you know you you'll be rewarded more often than not. Um, maybe if you averaged out the last three performances over the course of a campaign, that probably would have got fewer points than the seven that they've yielded. So is that a, a slight concern? Maybe, but um, that's what the squad is there for. Uh, I think the starting 11 or certainly starting nine or 10 is still what it is. Mm. Um, but I do think Rotherham Tuesday night, tomorrow night, there, there will be a little bit of freshening up required uh, across a few positions potentially. Yeah, I mean, that, obviously it's very hard to criticise so I think second, that's not what I'm doing, but it, it's just inevitable, isn't it? They, there's no way you would imagine they can't continue that level, that incredible level they were playing at, um, and they, they will drop off a little bit, you'd imagine. Um, anything else from the game, boys? Because there's one other thing I want to talk about, which is kind of, not really game-related, but it's Birmingham trip-related. Um, anything else from the game to mention before I bring this picture up? Yes? Sorry, I like to. I like to. I'm at school again. Put my hand up, <laughs> sir. Sir, I've got something to say. Um, I loved when um, when Harness Kate was coming on as a son, oh, and they were yes. like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Who? Who? And uh, wow, you found out who it was because he just scored two goals against your Birmingham fans. Uh, but, yeah, lovely moment. I'm so pleased you brought that up because that's something I really wanted to talk about. What? <laughs> who cannot enjoy that, Watson? And I know you. You're a big fan of things like that. You used the word Schadenfreude last week. That's a little dose of that for uh, the old Birmingham fans. Yeah, and I know a few Ipswich fans have said, well, we've we've done that plenty over the years as well, and they're not the only club that does it, but they did it with bells on. That was um, a really hammed-up version of of the old shtick of, of who? Yeah. The PA announcer, who was who was very excitable, really tried to, really played his part in trying to whip up the crowd ahead of both halves, left a, a fairly long, dramatic pause after each substitute's name the fact that it was a quadruple sub for Ipswich in the second half kind of added to that as well and uh, that came back to bite them on the backside quite dramatically and and one man who hasn't had a mention yet that probably should do is is Dane Scarlett who yeah. may not have got the headlines with the goals in the same way that Marcus Harness did but had a hand in both of those goals he's someone that I think the jury was out on for some Ipswich fans from his start to life at Ipswich so far. Um, it's been difficult for him to have too much of an impact with the odd little cameo performance here and there, but uh, he certainly had one in, in this match. Um, the bit of skill to beat his man down the left side of the box, a uh, sort of a, a little drop of the shoulder and step over was was brilliant leading up to the to the first goal back. At, shout out to Freddie Ladapo as well for being in the right place at the right time because he got absolutely wiped out 
about two seconds before in the build-up to that match, but got back up on his feet and made sure he was in the right place. And then Scarlett clipped a lovely little pass down the line, leading up to the equaliser as well. So that that was a positive, I think, um, Scarlett's best performance in an Ipswich shirt so far. Yeah, two good points well made. And I'm especially delighted you brought up the who, Rossi, because that is my intention of, of the title for this podcast, too. So had you not mentioned it, it would have made no sense at all. Mm. Um, so there we go. Good work, I also, um I also like, because um, the Birmingham fans are like going, Rooney, Rooney. And of course, that's when town fans are then a bit sarcastically chanting, Rooney, Rooney to the Birmingham fans, because, you know, we got the got the point in the end. But uh, yeah, not, not a bad. It was a good atmosphere down there, actually. Because that was the big talker point, weren't it, in terms of the Birmingham fans. They were really on, you know, their, their team, like in terms of supporting them. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, Birmingham is, you know, a bit of a, it's an interesting stadium. Um, it's very, very old. Well, it's, um, it's, it's partly, iconic, of it's partly being demolished, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that as well. Um, but of course, it, with the weather as well, that didn't help. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a good atmosphere. So yeah, it was a, a good day in terms of you know the fans going back and forth and those sort of interchanges was was great. Yeah, right. One more thing I want to talk about, and that's this. If you're uh, if you're not watching, friends, this is a plate of uh, well. I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, it looks like roadkill. It looks like it's been dropped on a plate from about 10 feet. Uh, this is the, the pre-match meal you were, you were served up, Rossi. Again, clearly, you know, nice to get food in the press room. Um, what Can you talk us through this? What exactly is it? I mean, clearly that's mash on the right. Mm-hmm. And there's um, questionable meat of some sort. Looks maybe like beef. Hard to tell. It is uh, beef, yeah. And a, and a gravy which looks like it's split seven ways from Sunday. Um, what 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 was it? Is it some sort of hot pot? I don't. They didn't. Once again, we got served. It was like a I don't know. It was like eighteen year old lad who probably probably didn't really want to be there. He was just serving it. Um, he gave us good portions though. To be fair to him, so fair play to the lad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, uh, I don't know what is it. A, I don't know, Stu. You probably you probably better in terms of knowing what food is. I don't, I don't know what we're calling it a, a stew. Um, yes. yeah. I quite enjoyed it. It was. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I mine didn't get served up quite like that. And um, from conversations with Alex on the way home, he's blaming you, Ross, for the uh, for the way that this looks because he says that you uh, you had to handle his plate at one stage. And he got himself into a chair that had a little flat down table, and he thinks that you might have um, tipped the gravy all around the edge like that. Uh, you sloshed um, it. Alex also has has gone with sans carrots with his as well, and they were some big chunky carrots that were done quite nicely. Very nice as well. Um, another thing we've discovered about Alex is he does not like carrots, so I think. I enjoyed that. It tasted yeah. better than it looked, and it's a good, healthy sized portion there as well, as you can Absolutely see. So, Absolutely, uh, that was look, decent. If you look at mine, look this. This is what mine would look like. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's entirely more presentable. Yeah, it's just um, the way AJ's presented it. Then is what it is. I think basically, I think he got more beef and gravy because he didn't have carrots. That's what he was saying to me. He was like, "Ah, oh, I got more beef, mate. Because I didn't get I got no carrots. Like, but no, I want, I want more vegetables in me, mate." You know, um, so I think that's why it maybe looked as it is as well because it was just more of the the gravy on it. So I, I liked it though; it was it was nice, a nice hearty meal for your November's day. That's what I said on game day because I just felt you know you had a bit of you know bit bit of protein and a bit of veg for your five a day and all that. A lot of carbs, a winter warmer. Yeah. I'm not entirely, by the way, at odds with AJ on the carrots thing. 
I think they are overrated carrots as a vegetable. <laughs> Nowhere near the top of my my favourite veg. It's not I obviously eat them, but um, certainly not up there for me as a veg, a carrot. Um, I, I disagree. And, Move on. All right, fair enough. Unless it's in a carrot cake, in which, which no, case it's exceptional. No, what? Not the, no, I don't like carrot cake. I oh, like carrot, carrot, cake. carrot cake. Carrot cake is the elite tier cake for me. Anyway. I Move disagree. On. Move on. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> From food to something bubbling down the road, friends. Um, and that's this hit right here because things are not looking good, sadly, uh, at Carrow Road. After it has to be said, friends, an impressive start to the season. They were they were playing really well, weren't they? And obviously in, in the in the boy row, they've got a real a real talent um coming out of Norwich. But they've now lost four games in a row, eight of their last ten, booed off again. Yesterday, losing 3-1 at home to Blackburn. Beating Blackburn at home is not for everyone. Um, and Wagner came out after the game and said, essentially, that I'm not going to resign. I suppose you'd expect him to say that. But there's definitely pressure on him, Stu. What are you, what are you making of this watching on from afar? Because it, it feels like a lot of the language, the, the boys, obviously we know the boys over at the Pink and Connor and Paddy and and, the, and those type of guys. Connor's using a lot, that term sleepwalking, which we, you, used a lot in the... Um, that the era under Marcus where things were going downhill fast or I suppose slowly. Um, what are you making of what's going on at Norwich? I've been very intrigued. The point that you've just picked up on a lot of the language is very, very similar mm. to that that we used um, when things weren't going very well at Ipswich at all. I'm seeing a- anger turning to apathy is a phrase that I've seen bandied around with them. Um, lots of empty seats there, which... Obviously, if you remember when it's when Norwich were taking great pleasure in Ipswich's decline, saying how you know they used to crow about how their attendances have kept you know have stayed you know, strong even during the bad times, and well, that's looking like that's that's being tested big time at the moment. I'm even seeing a few people saying they they could get dragged into a relegation scrap here as well. So, um, if you remember Mick McCarthy talking about that sort of what was the analogy he used about being the sort of in charge of a driverless vehicle or something like mm. that at the time where he was kind of in that weird transition period where we knew he was leaving, but he was still there. Similar can be said of sort of Stuart Webber, who yeah. has announced he's leaving, but is in this weird sort of handover period at the moment. Um, all is all is not well over the border. I don't want to spend too long kind of talking about them because it used to kind of uh, stick in the craw when, when Norwich were kind of uh, enjoying it when it was roles reversed. But um, I guess the only downside is that, you know, it's happening now for them and the game is not till nearer Christmas. And you would imagine that a managerial change is coming sooner rather than later for them. And um, as we know, things can change very quickly in football and they might have just got their house in order a little bit before then. But um, yeah, life comes at you fast and certainly roles reversed at the moment. Yeah, they've got 17 points, Ross. That's less than half what Town have got. I mean, if I was Mr Wagner, I wouldn't be making any plans for the international break. Put it like that. Uh, it seems to be an obvious an obvious pause that we may see a change. Have you got any thoughts on the, the Norwich thing? This is not, by the way, uh, just a, an indulgent laugh at Norwich. We are going to talk about other stuff happening in the Championship, but this is the, the obvious place to start. Yeah, not not good, is it for them? Um, bless, bless them, bless them. Um, I was about to say a word. I was no, I'm not going to say the word. I'm not going to do it because that's too early. It's too early. Um, 
mind the gap and all that. I've said it anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't watch the game yesterday, but you know, I'm in different chats and you know, people laughing about it. Um, of course, they laughed at us being League One for those years. Mm. So just let's let's just enjoy it, boys. Just enjoy it. Uh, the derby is just going to be massive, though, isn't it? Um, it might be even bigger the way it's yeah. going if they've got like, a new manager installed and obviously a huge game for for any manager, but especially a new manager trying to turn. Norwich's season around that might even be bigger, if possible, than uh, than it than it could be at the moment. Uh, Depends Stuart, what route they go down. I mean, yeah, what if they go for somebody like I don't know, don't think they would do this. But what if they went for someone like a Warnock, for example, that could come in and have like a real short term impact just to yeah. kind of get results and turn things around, and that would suddenly put a completely different complexion on the derby. Whether you know, I don't know what what route they'll look at. Obviously, at the moment, as you say, Wagner's kind of saying that he's uh, digging his feet in and digging his heels in and wants wants to carry on. But uh, that was a hell of a reaction. I saw when I saw the footage of the booze after the second goal went in. After, Blackburn, what, yeah. About fifteen minutes yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's getting pretty toxic there. Mm. Paul Lambert's still not got a job, has he? Just hashtag just saying. I think he's still under contract to town, actually. Amazing. That <laughs> would be amazing. amazing. Can you imagine Lambert back in charge of Ipswich after after his little pathetic fake fight in the derby last time around? Yeah. There. I mean, he's still under contract at town, isn't he? <laughs> it's like he's, still, <laughs> he's still an Ipswich town employee until 2025 or something. Agent, <laughs> crazy. The whole agent Lambert thing that was kind of, they enjoyed yeah. during Ipswich's decline going completely full circle. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, before we move on to Rotherham, uh, other notes from the championship this weekend, obviously Leicester lost, which is unusual. They lost to Leeds on Friday night. Um, Leeds looking good. And also Southampton now, having had their little wobble, uh, Rossi. Uh, they won again late yesterday. Ryan Fraser got the winner, formerly of this parish. They've now unbeaten in seven up to fourth. Um, it's an interesting league, isn't it? Do you know what? It is probably the best league in the world, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, people, it is. Say, people say the Premier League and all that with all the superstars. But, you know, I don't, I'm not that interested really in the Premier League. Um, the Championship, anybody can be anybody, you know, just teams, just come out can come out of nowhere like Preston are in the bloody playoffs still which is just madness like we all predicted them to potentially go down I know it's still early days but you know we are in November now and they're still up there which is pretty good um but then there is teams who you sort of knew were gonna come good have come good like Leeds you know getting that win against Leicester as you mentioned Southampton now find their feet under Russell Martin you know Middlesbrough now somewhat coming back up um, but there's some surprise like Cardiff, you know, with their new manager, who's you know the Turkish man is a bullet. His name is like he's come out of nowhere. Random appointment that was. They're seventh. Um, you know, Tony Mowbray is doing what he's doing at Sunderland, whole city. You know, under Liam Rossinia, they're still you know up there. Blackburner coming up. I'm just naming every team now, and I. But uh, it's uh, it's just a great league, and so you know, I, I love just seeing at the end that full time looking at all the results, and there's just just score lines are just interesting and teams beating every team. It's yeah, it's just fun. Just enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, and in terms of enjoyment, we're off to Rotherham tomorrow night. There's Benson. He wants to come. You can't come, mate. Sorry. There's no room in the car. Not sure you'd like Rotherham. Um, Siri, we've been here before. You literally halfway to Rotherham. Um, last time out, clearly the game was, was called off. Don't want to pick at that old scab, but uh, how are you feeling about this one? Cause looking at it, you know, obviously Rotherham, 22nd in the table, just drawn 1-1 one, one with QPR. But their, their home form is actually not too bad, um, considering where they are in the table. They've, uh, I think they're 
mid-table home form-wise. Uh, the last game home before this QPR draw was a 2-0 win over Coventry. They've beaten Norwich at home. That's when Norwich were actually decent earlier in the season. They beat them 2-1. That was a, that was an upset at the time. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, when Kieran McKenna was previewing this match <clears throat> the first time around, that was one of the things that he was very keen to stress that at the New York Stadium, they've had a pretty decent record this calendar year. You've mentioned a few results this season. Um, they've taken points off Blackburn and Preston as well, who, who are up there, as Ross has just mentioned. Even in the second half of last season, um, when they managed to stay up, they drew against Burnley and Sheffield United, who, who went up as the top two. They beat Blackburn, Sunderland, West Brom, Middlesbrough, who finished in the playoffs, all at home. So they're not a side to be taken lightly at their own stadium. Um, it sounds like their performance in losing to Sheffield Wednesday recently, 2-0 away, was was pretty dire. And uh, I think their fans were not happy with that at all. Obviously, it's a, a, a derby for them. Um, and then they've managed to get a draw against QPR. So that's one point from a possible six against you know relegation rivals, it's looking like. Matt Taylor maybe just starting to feel a little bit of the pressure there. Um, they've got quite a few injuries at the moment as well. So when I looked at these two games for Ipswich away from home, Birmingham and, and Rotherham, I was thinking I'd take four points. I'd snap your hand off for that one point at Birmingham, which looked like the, the tougher game of the two on paper. Um, Ipswich still should be decent favourites going to this one, but... With the with the little caveat as always of um, potential banana skin and potential kind of Huddersfield away vibes, which we've seen can kind of trip you up on occasion. Yeah, do you feel like that, Rossi? Like this is going to be a, maybe a tougher game. We, we spoke about Birmingham on on Saturday being tougher than it looked on paper. Clearly, really losing three games in a row, starting uh, and you look at where Rotherham are in the table, and that suggests only one winner. But um, just feels to me like it, it may be slightly more complicated than that. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. Um, I was expecting that for the the Sky game, or it still is a Sky game on Tuesday night. But I, you know, mm. I was expecting it for the Friday game. Definitely with the, the the weather that was forecast that day, and of course, storm and everything. I thought this is going to be a, just a horrible ninety minutes of football. And I, th I think it still will be because yeah, Rotherham they're just going to be fighting for their lives throughout the whole season. Because um, yeah, to lose against Sheffield Wednesday. That is not good because Sheffield Wednesday are rubbish, <laughs> especially with all their off field stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's not going to be a great night on Tuesday night at the New York Stadium. Um, I'm not looking forward to it, to be honest. I think it's going to be a, a rubbish game of football and uh, Town just going to have to work their asses off to get that win, I think. Um, so yeah, bring it on. <laughs> Still be fun though. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling a bit more positive about this one in terms of I think the weather conditions are obviously much better than they mm. were last time around. So going into it before... I was thinking the, the weather could make it a, a great leveller if that game had gone ahead. It's it's looking a lot better tomorrow night. Um, Tuesday night, it's, it's a quick turnaround from the weekend. Rotherham are pretty thin on the ground in terms of numbers. Ipswich, as we've discussed so many times, have got those options to, to freshen it up, rotate and not really lose that much quality. So... Um, and we've we've seen that they can sort of stand up to that sort of physical aggressive challenge if they need to. I do half wonder with, if Rotherham might have looked at what Birmingham did at the weekend and go with with sort of two up front or you mm. know more traditional strikers in the mix. It's been Jordan Hugel, ex Norwich, 
who's kind of been the central striker for them mainly, but they do have other options. Georgie Kelly's come off the bench and, and scored at the weekend. People like Tom Eaves and um, Sam Nombe, who was a club record signing from Exeter in, in the summer as well. So they have striker options. I wonder if they'll have kind of looked at what teams have done against Ipswich in the last few weeks and go with that. But but ultimately, I still think Ipswich will have enough in this one. It's another mini reminder, isn't it, Stuart? A little bit of how, of how far we've come again, because it wasn't too long ago where Town played Rotherham and we were like, they ain't going to beat Rotherham in League One. Rotherham were like a side that, that were impassable for Town. And now the, the balance of power has shifted again. And it feels like this is a, a game that Town go into very much. You'd expect to win. We do have to about. remind ourselves of those kind of progression markers yeah. of, of not being mm. that long ago. Our Rotherham are our nemesis. We, mm. How many times we talk about them being out fought and out thought by Rotherham yeah. and couldn't deal with that sort of Paul worn direct physical aggressive game and they got schooled in the, in those matches across the two league one seasons in which they were both in the same division that wasn't that long ago and now we're talking about them going there and just being the, the higher quality side and should had it should have enough uh, people were talking even after the, the Fulham game last week going how mad is it that we're talking about yeah I didn't really want to be in the quarterfinals of the league cup anyway because <laughs> yeah. um that would have ruined a week that involves an East Anglian derby and leads away you know it's let's not get <laughs> blase yeah. about that it's which have come a long way in a short space of time so I know we're now sort of there's a few people nitpicking at maybe some individual performances dipping and the the performances of the team in general not being as good of late, but we do have to kind of keep reminding ourselves, as McKenna says, they're a newly promoted side. I remember vividly, as you say, not too long ago, our old friend Hutchie before a game against Rotherham saying, I just don't think they, they get, they're up for it. I don't think they're going to be able to, to beat Rotherham. Um, and he, he was proved right. I think they lost, was it 2-0 at home? I vaguely remember. They were thoroughly, thoroughly beaten um, by the Millers back in the day. Predictions then, Rossi, um, because one man out of all of us Made a bit of ground at the weekend, didn't he? He got a point, but... Well, that's making ground. No one else got a point. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel hard done by here. I feel like I've I've put my neck on the line to say that Ipswich aren't going to win. Yeah. And I and I get one measly point do for not, it. Or do, or do we do a gentleman's agreement here? No, no, no. Point? No, I'm not asking what? for that. I'm what not asking for a rule change. <laughs> It's like I'm he's got saying... using Je- Jedi mind tricks on you. <laughs> you will. Be top of the league. I'll give, you, I'll give you 10 points. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you'll be top. You'll be top. Yeah. yeah. Actually, no, he wouldn't be actually top. He'll still be... He'll be yeah, he'll be second. <laughs> <laughs> so... But Watson, well, the point is, Watson made a bit of ground. He, he correctly yeah. predicted a draw. Um, so he's he's made a he's made a point up in the marathon, not a sprint, that is our predictions league. Um, Rossi, you're still top of the table. Uh, how you how you feeling? What what are we going to say about this one? I'm going to ask you first all the time now. <laughs> uh, even though I said it's going to be horrible, I think it's still going to be a town win though. I think um, they'll they'll grind it out and they'll find the way. Um, I've got two predictions in mind. Well, you're only allowed to use one. I know, I know. Um, the classic is the one nil, one nil town win. But then I think, come on, why not town? Go and score a few goals in this one. So, but then will I regret? Going for like three one or something. I feel like I'm actually in your internal monologue now. I'm actually yeah. inside your head. <laughs> Is this what it's like to be in your brain? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know? Actually, gone in. I'm just gonna go one nil. Just yeah, simple one nil. And first goal scorer. Let's go for a nice. Come on, Connor Chaplin. Come on, score a goal again. One nil, Connor Chaplin. There. I hope you enjoyed Rossi showing his working out. Um, Stewie. Now. 
I referenced the fact that I I did these predictions for the next oh, of course, next yeah. block of games in the last one and how there might be a bit of a bit of copying going on. I did have one nil down, Mark, in that one. Did you? Although I, I do didn't read it, mate. Didn't read it. I do believe that Ross hasn't seen that. Um <laughs> I'm gonna change that. I oh. think I, I had one nil down on a difficult night the first time around, but I feel a little bit better about this this time than with uh, Ipswich's depth and uh whatnot. I'll I'll upgrade it to a two nil. First scorer? George Hurst, point to prove, back at a lone club that didn't use mm. him particularly much, particularly well or often. Yeah. I was going to say 2-0 Hurst, but I won't for the spirit of the game. Um, I'm going to say 2-1 then. 2-1 town. And I will say... A bit of a left field one. Sam Morsey. Mm. Why not? On a, on a night for combative, hardcore, kicking it, Kicking players around, getting stuck in Sam Morsey to get the opening goal for uh, for Town at Rotherham. So we're saying one nil, two nil, two one. AJ's off this week to celebrate his birthday. He's twenty three, boys. Which makes me sick. And he, he referred to that as terrifying. <laughs> twenty three, terrifying. <laughs> Wait till you turn thirty, mate. Wait till your knees start going, etc., etc. Um, oh, I <laughs> scarily enough, I am actually old enough to be Alex's dad. I realised. Um, which I'm not really sure is how can that be, boys? Because obviously I am right at the cutting edge of cool. Still, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I listen, I listen to Storms in, watch Netflix. <laughs> I've heard of TikTok. Right? <laughs> I know where it's at. Uh, I don't know why you're laughing, Rossi. <laughs> right, in friends. I like your trainers, though. I like your trainers, by the way. When we met Fabio Wardley, I saw your kicks. Yeah, absolutely. The new, uh, yeah. the new Air Force ones, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know, I know so, what's going on. In with the kids, yeah. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> right, then, friends. Any, anything else to mention before we take our leave? We've, we're coming up to an hour. Do you want a bonus prediction for the uh, for the game? A Jack Taylor. I don't think it'll be the. I've got Hurst down as first goal scorer. I think this could be a Jack Taylor. Outside of the box screamer, Ooh. I think he might come in for for mass. I think that might be one of the changes. If that happens, right, Rossi? Because I think Good if point. you if you predict a player and style of goal, I think you should get more points for that. So I think yeah. if Stewie is saying Jack Taylor to score a Jack Taylor trademark rocket, if that comes to pass, I think you should, I think you should get five points. Well, uh, we talked about maybe having a, like a wild card where you could make one hot take a season. Yeah, and then what? Well, I don't know. You can you can say what points are assigned to that, but um, if if we're willing to agree that now, I will play my my That's your wild, take card. wild card now. Ooh. Jack Taylor to score at any time a goal from outside the box. See if that comes to pass, because you need quite a lot to come to pass for that to happen. That should be how many points do you reckon, Rossi? Five, maybe yeah, five. Or do we have a couple? Like maybe three wild cards each, because that's a long season, forty-six games. Um, we can work it out, but obviously it's not really the place we talk about that. But um, if if that comes to pass, I think you should get five points. Should we, yeah, should we agree points. that? If yeah, Jack Taylor points. scores from outside the box, Watson gets five points on top of everything else that may yeah. or may not happen. Um, yeah, anything anything from you, Rossi? Anything else to mention? If you go, by the way, Stewie brought us a life hack, as you know, at the end mm. of last week's pod, which blew people's minds. People are even Googling <laughs> Stewie, the saucepan trick. That's what you started. Have you got any little life hacks, Rossi, that you'd like to share with the people? Uh, basically, don't need to learn to drive because I've got loads of people yeah. driving around the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't um, don't spend hundreds of pounds learning to drive. Just get a network of people who are willing to bend over backwards and drive you all around the country yeah. at a moment's notice. That's yeah. my life I'll, hack. 
Yeah. I want to big uh, give a shout out to actually uh, Kieran Newsbury, who's part of the Cowboy Posse. Um, uh, of course, I went to Cardiff for the women's game after the Birmingham game. Got a train oh, down yeah, to yeah. to Newport um, to stay in the, the hotel with the women's team and uh, went to Cardiff. And um, Kieran actually had to come back to Ipswich. I mean, he's actually based in Wales, but he actually had an interview um, in Ipswich um, today. Um, right. So yeah, after the game yesterday, instead of going on the team coach, I went. I'll keep company in the car. So he gave me a lift and a nice oh. little chat with him. So shout out to K-Dog. You're a little network of enablers, Ross. You're never, you're never yeah. going to pass your driver test because you don't need to. <laughs> no. Are people just uh, saying, yeah, I'll do that, Ross. Don't you worry. I'll, I'll drive you to Cornwall from, uh, from Scotland. <laughs> no problem, mate. No problem at all. Um, and I won't even ask for petrol money. Oh, that's good of Kieran, isn't it? Very, very good indeed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> friends, is that, is that everything for today then? Anything else to mention? Um, I think so. We touched upon whether there might be some changes for other room. Mm. I've got a few, if you want a few potentials. If Williams is is recovered from illness, maybe him in for Clark, Brightside, Jackson for Hutchinson? Question mark. I've got Hutchinson hasn't started back to back league games yet. Taylor for Luongo. We've mentioned Harness. Has he done enough to get in for for Broadhead? Possibly. Um, and then I've got Axel Twanzebi. Ooh. Triple question mark next to his name. Triple question mark. Yeah. When does he come in? How long does he have to wait? Does he have to wait for someone to have a complete stinker? It's not, or does he have to wait all the way to FA Cup third round weekend? I would imagine he'll start a game before that. If he is going to start a game before that, it will be one of these kind of midweek freshen it up scenarios. Um, Who do you bring him in for, Stu? Don't know, Mark. It's a very good question. I would imagine probably. Burgess is the more likely out of him and Wolfenden to drop out, given how we've seen Edmondson swap in for him for times. But the type of game it is at Rotherham, you'd imagine you'd want Cameron Burgess kind of aerial presence at the back. But um, mm. just thought I'd throw that in the mix. I like it. Triple question mark. Outstanding. Uh, friends, that brings us to the end of this week's uh, or today's podcast. I'm not actually sure when we'll be back this week or if indeed we will, because clearly Alex is off. You boys are at Rotherham on Tuesday night. Then there's time off later in the week. I'm not sure we're all going to be together again and able to record a podcast before Swansea, unless potentially you might be able to do one on Friday. So I don't want to promise too much, but if we're not back friends, that's the reason basically time off Alex celebrating his birthday. Um, just a reminder then to support our sponsors, use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all the excellent club are there in the build up to Christmas. And also both me and Watson proudly repping ginger pickle today. He says trying to find his badge in the back to front mirror. There we go, Ginger Pickle. If you need any help with your, your Google ads, your SEO, your digital marketing, Tony Southgate and his rapidly expanding team, the Ginger Pickle are the way to go. Uh, and also, friends, uh, we've got we've actually had a couple of, of new five star, five star, yeah, five star reviews on iTunes since we last spoke. But it'd be nice to have a few more because it just helps lift us visibility wise in the charts. Right, friends, pods in the book. The week is kicked off. Ipswich Town at Rotherham tomorrow. If you're going, enjoy the game. If you're not, enjoy it, watching it on TV and follow it all with us. And remember, friends, whatever happens, say la vie. Say la vie, say la vie. <laughs> <laughs>